Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to My Millennial Property with John Pigeon. Going solo today, I've got James Hanley from Cavalier Homes out of Bendigo who is chatting with us today. Quick overview on what we're going to discuss today. We know if you've been looking in the media, the building industry, it's volatile in anyone's language according to the media, but is that actually fact on the ground? What should we look out for? What questions should we ask as a client when we're taking on a builder in these sort of times? Let's have a chat with James. James Hanley, welcome. G'day, John. How are you going? I am very good, thank you. Now, thanks for joining us today. You're the general manager at Cavalier Homes out of Bendigo, but you've been in the building game uh, for quite a long time. Tell us quickly about your journey. Yeah, I've been in the building industry for, I would say, roughly 20 years. So I came from a finance bank background originally and uh, and started with a builder down in Melbourne in their finance division and then had some opportunities for my way, I guess, and um, and became a general manager at one of the uh, bigger volume builders. And then in uh, 2019, decided to uh, make a change. Residing in Bendigo in regional Victoria, wanted to work with a local builder in Bendigo and moved across to Cavalier Homes in 2019. Awesome. And you've been there ever since. Uh, now, Obviously, at the start of the show, I mentioned about the the volatility in the in the building industry at the minute, and for a number of reasons. Uh, tell us what you're seeing on the ground first and foremost. Yeah, I guess what what we see on the ground is is a little bit different to probably what people are hearing in the media. Um, you know, there, there's no doubt that um, that confidence in builders is is at a low at the moment certainly compared to, um, you know, pre-COVID times and, and so forth. And there's a number of reasons that are contributing towards that with regards to, um, you know, we're all reading about, you know, some issues with builders going into liquidation and that sort of stuff. But from a local level here in, in Bendigo, you know, our business is, is, is strong and, you know, we, we continue to take new orders in the business. You know, we've got a lot of confidence, I think there is, in in dealing with with a builder like Cavalier Homes, um, you know, from that point of view, you know, we're finding that um, inquiries is still pretty good. It's certainly not as strong as it was through COVID, but inquiries good, and um, you know, confidence in our brand in the market's really strong. Yeah, and I, and I didn't want this to be a, a, a 30 minute advert for, for Cavalier Homes, but at the same time, I wanted to get someone on the on the show that uh, has withstood this. I suppose, two or three year period where high interest rates, um, supply issues through COVID and, and, and all the issues where that have seen some of the builder, building firms out there having to be liquidated. What are, what are some of the reasons that I suppose a, a building firm like Cavalier have um, stood firm in these times and haven't been removed from all of these issues, but have navigated their way through 
quite okay. So I think the main thing, John, is that as a builder, you know, we have the versatility to to be able to change direction and uh, and be able to uh, change with the times quickly. We've got you know Lee Moore, who's the owner of the owner of the business and the, and the licensed builder for the business. He has the direct relationships with all of our trades and suppliers. So, you know, so we're hearing firsthand uh, what's what's happening and what the issues are in the market and, and what has been happening over the last two and a half years. And it just gives us the ability to, to react very quickly. And uh, we're all sitting under the same roof together and we can we can get together and we can make quick decisions in regards to a change of direction or a change in the way in which we're delivering product to site and that sort of stuff to ensure that, you know, we're not having these issues where we've got massive numbers of jobs that are sitting on site that are just going nowhere. And I think that's where a lot of those builders have have had an issue where they've just got massive numbers of jobs that are all sitting on site and with the issues with supplier and and trade shortages and and so forth there, they've just got a big overhead that's just eating away at it, you know, and sometimes, you know, as a builder, we'd, we'd love to just continue to keep sending jobs to site day in, day out. Don't don't get me wrong. You know, it always uh, sounds like the most viable way to be to be profitable as a builder. But you've then got a, a big overhead sitting behind that that's just eating away at it if those jobs are just sitting there and not and not progressing. So, and not just us. Obviously, you know, your your more medium to smaller builders have have got the ability to be able to react to that very quickly and and be able to control our overheads, I guess. Yeah, so I want to delve a bit deeper into the the different size building firms because I think that's really important for for the person on the ground uh, as a client that's wanting to engage a builder to build on their block of land. Um, And in residential real estate, majority of homes that people purchase are existing homes, whether they be five years, 10 years, 30 years, 50 years old. Uh, But there is the portion of the market that says, okay, I want to to buy a block of land, whether it be a house and land package or just a block of land, and then go and find a builder to build a dwelling on, either to live in or for, for investment purposes, because it's going to be appealing for someone to live in it brand new, and that, that's going to be great to rent, or it might be for, for tax purposes and get some great depreciation because the building value goes down, but hopefully the land's going up if we buy in the right sort of location. Uh, but when we get to a building level, I see it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I see it as, as probably two main areas. We've got project builders that simply have uh, cookie-cutter designs. They might have four, five, six, eight designs and, and you take your pick from one of those and you plonk that on your block of land. Um, and within that project space, we've got high-volume builders that, are, that uh, are the big brands that are, that are national. And then you've got low-volume builders that are, are maybe, maybe local like yourselves that uh, are franchised or just independent owners. Um, and then Aside from project, we've got custom builders that you sit down with a, a planner and, and you design what you want and it's your dream home and you, you the, the width of the hallways and the height of the ceilings and, uh, and all these rooms and, and you can do whatever you want with a custom build, but they're more likely to be also your, your local builder. Um, is that fair to say? Can you expand on all that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So obviously your bigger project or volume builders, you know, they're tending to work, you know, with their stock or their standard 
designs um, and facades and, and that sort of stuff. And, you know, they, they generally are, are exceptionally good in the way in which they market their brand, you know, so they have a, they have a strong marketing business. So their level of inquiry is always very, very high, you know, and then when someone who's looking to build is, is walking in, they're going to walk in there, they're going to look at the display home, they're going to go, you know, this feels right to me. You know, they feel very comfortable with the backing of a, of a big brand that's really well marketed out to the marketplace. And so traditionally in the past, you've had, you know, a lot of buyers who, who are heading into that environment and they're happy to pick a stock standard plan and they're happy to have the backing of that of that big builder that sits behind them. And invariably that would be at a cheaper price point because they don't have to change the design so much and it's just a cookie cutter approach. That, that's correct because it's it's pre-priced and it's pre-designed obviously to get some some economics out of the build and that's where um, supply book supply agreements and that sort of stuff come into place which which uh, gives you the opportunity to be coming in and, and purchasing a, a product that you know, you might, you might be able to, you know, save some money as compared to going and, you know, getting a custom design drawn up. So you then have your local project builders, um, you know, or a local builder, and they may still have a standard design range and they might have a standard range of facades that they can choose from, but you tend to then get a lot more flexibility um, in regards to the type of building journey you might be going down with that builder, yeah, because they can, we can move and change pretty quickly on our feet, so we can we can really customise the design process to suit the type of uh, buyer or the type of owner who's coming in that's looking to build a home. So that you've got your stock standard designs, but that just might be a starting starting place, and you then might be sitting down and designing around that that plan to suit to suit your own living and lifestyle requirements. So, and then your custom builders, obviously the price point's gonna be higher because it is custom. Um, it's not something the builders ever built before. So everything they're doing, they're starting from scratch. There's no economies of scales with that sort of stuff. So the price is always gonna be higher from that point of view. So I think a recommendation for a client who's on the ground looking at the moment is they can't be comparing a, a high volume build price against a custom design that they would like in their own minds. Emotionally, they want the, the Taj Mahal, uh, but the budget says, well, we need to go with the high volume option and all of a sudden they're stuck in the middle and, uh, and, and, uh, and don't do anything. Yeah, you see, uh, often people will walk in and they'll have their custom plans that they've had drawn up by an architect or, or you know, a designer or whatever it may be, and they have a price point in their mind as a result of their previous due diligence, due diligence they've done on a stock standard plan. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, they get a price and they realise it's, it's beyond the expectations they were hoping to budget for for a new build. So... At the end of the day, when you're building, if you're building a custom home, the area of the home is going to have to be smaller to be then comparative in price to something that was more of a stock standard design. Yeah, sure. So well, I think of the the Coke machines that that are in 
cafes and locations around the country and and those companies have thousands of machines and they make a dollar off each one uh, similar to a high volume that the profit margin in each deal might be lower but they work on the volume size versus walking into a cafe and getting a focaccia and a cup of coffee and a muffin they're they're paying a little bit more for that but they're getting a, a better product essentially aren't they with that custom correct yeah so if you're a client out there in today's living and you've you've read the, the the front page of the Herald Sun or the Daily Telegraph or wherever you are around the country, what questions would you be asking a builder or a building company when you're choosing uh, which builder is going to, to build your house? It's a great question because um, I think in the past, John, when people started a journey of building building a new home, the marketing attracts them to a builder initially, yep. So they'll go, okay, I'm going to put that builder on my shopping list because I like the way that that builder makes me feel. And then, you know, they might have a shopping list of four or five that they'll choose and then they'll walk in there and and the next step is then, you know, revolves around creating rapport with whoever they're dealing with initially with that builder and, have they got the design that suits my requirements? And you know, are they are they meeting my expectations from a flexibility point of view? And they and from there they're making a decision to choose their builder of choice at that stage. So, and like any big transaction, it's it's quite an emotional decision, isn't it? Like yeah, it's 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 not it's not really you know a decision that's that's often based on fact, you know. So. And you look at today's market and you look at the environment we're in right now and and obviously those things are still very important, you know, for the owner when they're heading down that building journey. But from a due diligence point of view, they they probably need to be um, inquiring a little bit further about, you know, well, how long has this builder been building in this area for? Have they built in the area I would like to build in, whether that's an estate or it's on acreage or, or land or whatever it may be, or it might be a knockdown rebuild? But probably more importantly than anything, I think in today's market, from a due diligence point of view, one of the one of the big questions that I would be asking as an owner looking to build is, is can I walk in the door and meet the registered builder? Yep. So because if I can walk in the door and I can meet the registered builder, it might, you might not be dealing directly with that builder, but if he's he's in the office, he lives in your town, he lives there, he's lived in your town for years, he's built in your town for years, and can I walk into the office and meet that registered builder and and look him in the eyes and and get an understanding as to where the integrity lies behind you know the marketing and the picking the right plan and and those types of things. Yeah, that that's a great tip. Uh, that is an unbelievable tip. And, and I think the biggest fear in people's eyes right now for for taking on a building firm after all the media hype is, is this firm going to go bust? Am I going to be left with just a a, a slab and a, and a frame and like no roof? It's, it's a reality because that's what they're seeing in the media. Can they go another step and say, look, Show me your financials. Show me what you've been trading at in the last three years. Show me how many um, builds you've got locked in over the next couple of years. Can, can we access that sort of information? You certainly should be looking and asking about, you know, the, the, the viability, I guess, of the builder. Um, but more importantly than that, I'd be asking also, you know, can I, have you got some, some owners that you've recently built for 
or you're currently building for that I can talk to, you know. Yeah. So we work pretty hard on ensuring that all of our owners are very comfortable in regards to, you know, all the decisions they're making throughout that building journey. But I think, you know, number one, yeah, you, you're asking the question about viability, but but number two, can I speak to a few, a few owners that are building with you right now? Mm-hmm. Maybe their home's under construction, maybe their home hasn't started yet or they're, they're living in their home that, that I can get a little bit of peace of mind myself that I'm dealing with a builder that, you know, this is what they say up front they're, they're doing and this is what they say they, they're achieving and what they can do. But I want to speak to someone that says, you know what, they actually do do that. Yeah, and it's not, not just a, a, a call centre offshore or a, or a sales team on, on, the, on the dirt that actually doesn't really know what the integrity of the business is. Yeah, yeah, and and look, more likely than not, when you when you're st- dealing with a smaller project builder or, um, or or a local builder, they're probably going to have some clients that they actually know. You know, yeah. if they're if they're local in the area as well, they obviously they're not always local in the area, but they might actually know someone who that builder has built for in the past, and obviously that can provide them with a lot of. A lot of peace of mind as well. So, no, I love it. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, on the other side, we're going to talk about build prices, um, trades, supplies, all these things, what it was like through COVID, what it's like now on the ground, what James is seeing, uh, but also what you can use with the dollars you've got to spend. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. James, we've touched upon the, the building climate, I suppose, and where it's come from and where it is to now. Um, I... I built a house here locally in 2018. Uh, my price per square meter was $1,800. And I built um, another home, fortunate enough to live in um, just six months ago, right smack bang in the, in the price rise of trades and lack of supplies and pouring rain, all those things. Price per square meter was roughly two, three. So 2,300. So it's gone up about 500 a square meter for what was similar product, maybe a little bit higher spec than what it was back in 18. 
talk to us about that, what you're seeing. John, it's obviously price per square metre, it's an interesting way to look at the cost to build a home, you know. An increase of $500 a square metre on a 200 square metre house is $100,000, you know. So I don't think we've seen that level of increase. And, and as you said, a lot of that, the second home was probably at a higher specification level. And it was um, a bigger build, so I take that. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and you've got that second house you're building, you know, you've, you've got, you've, you've maybe you've got higher ceilings and yep. your fittings and fixtures are... At a, at a different level, and that all contributes to that square metre rate. Yeah, so, so I'm comparing apples to bananas, what you're telling me. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you, but, <laughs> you, you probably are, yeah. So, but, but we have but, seen in the media sort of 28 to 30% increases yeah. in e- each individual trade, like plumbing and supplies for steel yeah. and timber. and. Yeah, and, and, and if you do your research online, there's actually some pretty interesting information online, um, especially if you go through some of the... Uh, um, some of the building associations, HOA or MBAV or, you know, those type of building associations, they've actually got some really interesting information about how much a bricklayer's rate has gone up, you know, as a percentage over the last 12 to 18 months. And the same with plumbers. And then there's there's some good information around, around supply increase as well. So you can you can really get some confidence around it. Okay, I, I spoke to this builder two years ago and their price was... 300,000 and now today they're telling me it's 400,000 yeah but there's a there's a lot of information if you do some research around uh, where those increases have come from but you know the key factors that we sort of look at if we're, when we're talking square meter rate if we look at our standard range of homes okay our square meter rate for a bigger home is going to be less than what our square meter rate is for a smaller home. So if you're building a 150 square metre home, your square metre rate's probably going to be somewhere up around, for a single storey home in our area, it's going to be somewhere up around the $1,700, $1,800 a square metre mark, yeah? But but if you, if you were building a 300 square metre home, it's probably still sitting around that $1,500 a square metre mark. And the, and the reason for that is, is the cabinetry and it's the fittings and the fixtures, yeah? that still go into a small home that pushes that square metre rate up. Yeah, the trade rate's the same, whether you're, whether you're building a 150 square metre home or a 300 square metre home, but that has been a dramatic increase, you know, and I would say probably closer to 30% is, a, is around about where that increase has been over the last 18 months. Um, are we seeing a little bit of stabilisation with that at the moment? Yes, we are. Yeah, so uh, realestate.com, they provide, you know, some really good, interesting data around, you know, what's happening in the building industry. And a lot of that data revolves around the fact that homes are just taking longer to build. Okay, so so the fact that it's taking longer to build a home at, at the moment, and that revolves around some supply delays and some trade shortages and you know, we don't want to just use any trade. We've got the trades we want to use. So we we want to wait for those trades. So, but obviously from an overhead point of view in the background, there's, there's an implication on that as well. So over the next 12 months, do I see that there's going to be some easing in house prices? Probably not. But what I reckon we will see is that we're just not going to continually see 
those dramatic price increases occurring over the next 12 months. So, okay. so, so builders like yourself would be more than comfortable to say, right, our fixed price today is X uh, yep. and in 12 months we'd be pretty comfortable by, by the time we build or start building or finish building that that's, that's been pretty true because things have stabilised a bit. Yeah, they have stabilised a bit. And, you know, that's a really good point that you raise about, you know, what's it look like if I'm locking in with a builder today, but I'm, I can't start for 12 months. Um, some of the other really important things to look at, you know, back at that due diligence stage is also asking, you know, can my builder provide me with a, with a fixed price guarantee? Can they provide me with some assurance around start date? And then when they start my home, can they provide me with some assurity around how long it's going to cost me, to ta- how long it's going to take to build the home? Because as soon as that home starts getting built, obviously, um, as an owner, they're paying up. They're paying interest and holding costs, you know, on their on their mortgage as the home's getting built. And the longer that takes to get built, the uh, the more holding costs that they're paying while they're waiting for their home to get finished. Whether they're an investor or whether they're an owner occupier, it doesn't change, does it? Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, that's right. And, and I suppose from a project point of view, customs very different, but project point of view um, a, a lot of lot of clients come to me that want to build and say oh, I've got a fixed price of I don't know let's say 300,000 but it excludes landscaping driveway um, fences and, and a whole heap of stuff let alone the the house right so to me that's a that's out of my control. I can't get lending on that. If um, I, I need to go, uh, the banks need to see a fixed price contract, the HIO contract. I yep. want to have all of that included. Would you agree? I think that it's it's an interesting question because ideally it would be fantastic if the builder is giving you a price. More importantly, as an as an if you're an investor, you you want all that included in your price, one hundred percent. Yeah. If you're in a position where you can do some of that work yourself, like I I always recommend to clients have a chat to their lender, you know, their bank or their broker about, you know, how they can factor in, you know, some of those costs if it was something they wanted to do themselves after handover. So some banks are, are not too keen on it, but there are lenders out there and there's brokers out there that can point you in the right direction that you can actually go and get some quotes for fencing and landscaping and that sort of stuff and the bank will include it in your loan so you've got the money there when you're moving into your home you know to to maybe get your front landscaping and your fencing and that sort of stuff done but that's probably more for an owner occupier for an investor you just you're just looking for a a solution that's full turnkey and you know I, I, I'm paying me progress payments during construction. When it's finished, it's rented out. I don't need to do yeah. any more. Yeah, and, and whether you're an investor or owner, Oc, I think now what is different from maybe three years ago is is a couple of things. One is that uh, pr- the the building prices have increased dramatically, and we spoke about that twenty eight to thirty percent. But also the cost of holding a mortgage through this time, because now we're looking at six percent instead of two percent. So the build time frame is ultra important, isn't it? Like if, if we've got a build start time of, of X and it takes us nine months to build instead of six months, like there's three months worth of holding costs. So that that has to factor in heavily in, in our due diligence. Yep. And yeah, it's just a, I just think it's a really important question again that, 
you know, owners can be asking that question of, of, of their builder to provide some more guarantees or, around, you know, what their what their building period's going to be. So because at 6% on a, on a $300,000 loan, if you're drawn down at uh, – if you've drawn down $250,000 or we'll do the sums on 200000 you know, you're looking at about uh, $1,000 a month. On, on, on $200,000, you're looking at $1,000 a month of holding costs. So you can imagine on a $600,000 build or a $700,000 build, you know, you've, you're looking at maybe two, $2,500 of, of interest on holding costs. So if, if your build takes four months longer, that's ten thousand dollars that extra that that's cost you, you know, yeah, as the absolutely. owner over that period. Yeah. Yeah, and for these poor people that that have had a stalling in the building process because their building company has has gone into liquidation, uh, a lot of the banks aren't going to be saying, "Oh no, we'll go easy on you. You don't have to pay interest this month." The the the, the repayments keep on coming um, until they find a builder that'll actually complete the property. So it, it really does go back to. Like we say in, in anything that we're doing in respect to property, we've, we've got to do our research. We've got to ask the right questions. We've got to surround ourselves with the, with the right people. And, and if you do have anything, re- reach out to myself because I've done a number of builds personally and with some clients as well. And, and uh, I've built with James at Cavalier Homes. And that's one of the reasons I got you on the show was that the fact that your customer service, it, it feels as though it's a local builder. It, it's not um, not a call center out of uh, out of another country. It, I can talk to the person, I can talk to the builder, I can talk to the project manager and, and actually have real conversations and be kept up to speed with the process along the journey. And if there is any issues, the builder should be meeting it in the eye, not throwing it under a blanket and hopefully the client never finds out about it. So you really need to be doing your due diligence all the way through. Absolutely. James, I think that's uh, that's covered a fair bit today. It's it's great to have you on as someone that's very different to what the, the, the I suppose the newspapers is, are telling us. And, and that's what we try to be able to do to for the listeners is to just get a feel for what's really happening because like the current market prices and and uh, supply and demand of real estate around the country what's happening in the media and what's happening on the ground is is always or not always but mostly very different so it's great to have someone that that's been living and breathing building for the last 20 years give an insight on on what's happening locally in bendigo but obviously cavalier homes are franchised right around the country aren't they yeah they are there's 21 franchises around australia mainly mainly up the east coast of australia and every one of those franchises is independently owned by a by a local registered builder in that area so you can have that confidence that you're actually going to be dealing with someone who lives locally and be able to you know eyeball the registered builder and you know have those conversations awesome um so if you're out there looking at entertaining a, a house and land build um hopefully this has been of benefit to you if you're halfway through a build and and uh having some issues then yeah reach out to us and we can sort of hopefully help you navigate through that uh because it is 
sometimes simply asking the right questions. Um, and if, uh, yeah, if anyone wants anything in relation to that or, or more content revolving around this this type of property, because it's a lot of, as you said before, James, that the marketing around it, especially from the big firms, is nice and glossy and, and easy and appealing. And we can often go in with, with eyes closed, can't we? And, and it's not until later that we find out, hang on, I, I should have asked that question or I should have known this or that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's easy to say, hard to do, but, you know, you, you need to remove the emotion, you know. You, you need to be making an unemotional decision, more importantly now than ever, around uh, choosing the right builder. Very good. All right, James Hanley, General Manager at Cavalier Homes, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, listeners, for allowing us into your ears today. If you've got any topics that you want covered on the show, just throw them in the Facebook group or send us a direct message. Appreciate everyone's support along the journey, and we'll catch you soon. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.